0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love, and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is also brought to you by The Can Cooker. Seth McGinn's Can Cooker is the simplest and healthiest, most convenient cooking system available. The Can Cooker takes the cattle drive tradition of cooking in a cream can and updates it for today's busy lifestyle. Pack the Can Cooker with ingredients and enjoy a mouth-watering, slow-cooked meal in a fraction of the time of normal cooking. Use it indoors and outdoors to cook a healthy meal on any stovetop, campfire, burner, grill, or the new multi-fuel burner portable cooktop from Can Cooker. Visit us on the web at CanCooker.com. Hey everybody, good afternoon and welcome back to a new episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host Jacob Roberry, and today we are on the road it's a very special day it is Sunday but Sunday this particular Sunday is also happens to be Father's Day so I have Jackson on the show with me today my son which many of you are familiar with and we are heading back from a uh, from a morning fishing trip in the Chaffaly Basin spillway and I'm as a father, just very, very proud to do this episode today on Father's Day with him and just talk about kind of what, what's been going on with us, What's maybe see what's been going on with all of you. Um, we'll talk about a couple of different things, nothing in particular that's real structured on this episode, guys. Just wanting to wish really all of you a very happy Father's Day today as you celebrate this special day with your family, wherever you may be. So, Jackson, thank you um, for agreeing to join Dad. And if you want to tell everybody hello, you can tell everybody hello now. Hi, guys. So, like I mentioned, we are heading back. We decided this morning, We, you know, we've been working a lot that, just to kind of give you a recap on what's going on. We've been really busy, really busy right now between sports with you and your brother and all that going on, which a lot of you could relate to. Um, we just haven't had a whole lot of time to do a lot of outdoor content besides sports for the most part, right yeah and uh and then now you know we've been playing baseball all summer so far or I say all summer we're actually at the beginning of summer, but we rounded out the the end of the regular season baseball schedule with y'all and uh and you made all stars so now we are uh we're gonna start that journey for the summer until you go back to school, hopefully, with All-Stars. So congratulations on the All-Star nomina- uh, nomination, and um, we're looking forward to watching you play, man. I know that means a lot to you. As a uh, 13-year-old, you're going to be getting ready to try out for high school baseball next year and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I, is, let me ask you this. Is baseball and sports similar to hunting and fishing in the outdoors your passion for sports is it is it the same as duck hunting and fishing and that type of stuff or or do you find a lot of it kind of correlates to each other What what's your thoughts on that
1: i feel like i don't feel like it's like the exact same as the it because like it's obviously it's not the same because like when you're hunting hunting and stuff, and you're shooting animals and stuff like that, or whatever you want to hunt, and then fishing, and you're catching fish and stuff, and with sports, you're just trying to win the game, you're trying to, uh, just play a game and try to figure it out, but a way that I think they are similar is that, like, you have to learn how to do it in the right way, like, with baseball, you have to learn what to do in the field and what to do with the plate how to do it how to do it correctly and then with hunting you have to learn y'all may not think that y'all have to learn about hunting and stuff but like
0: well somebody's got to teach you
1: yeah well, so, someone's got to teach you like you taught me like you have to like know how to aim right you have to do like target practice on how to aim right you have to know how to operate a gun how to do it safely on safe you have to put it on safety on fire.
0: Got to know you your, to how to handle a firearm, how to walk in the woods, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and that's a that's a big part of it. Obviously, for any youth hunter uh, that's getting involved in, in hunting or fishing or, or sports or whatever. So, you think a lot of it carries over, like a lot of what you learn in hunting carries over to to sports as well, or maybe what you learn in sports carries over to, to hunting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, gotcha yeah and that's true i I would agree with that you know um but yeah i mean you know i i grew up that way and i do find that a lot of that stuff transitions into each other and it carries into each other um so yeah i agree with that man so if you had a choice as far as hunting waterfowl fishing or sports what would be the number one number two and number three choice
1: hunting baseball fishing
0: hunting baseball fishing okay i thought i I figured that's what you were gonna say but i wasn't 100 percent sure so so hunting baseball fishing the
1: only reason i would choose baseball i mean uh hunting before baseball is because baseball it's it's not something you can do your whole life
0: that's a good point
1: and hunting you can do your whole life in baseball you can do it if you're good enough like you could go to the pros if you if you're good enough you can do it for the rest of your life not well, the rest of your well
0: life. not the rest of your life but you could do it for a while majority. you could do it for longer than most people would do it
1: yeah the majority of your life
0: so hunting is something that you could do for pretty much the rest of your life as long as you stay healthy yeah Fishing's also like that so that's a good thing too you know yeah um so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, that's the great thing about being an outdoorsman is we get to share those memories. You know what's crazy is you, you, if you get involved, if you're lucky enough to get involved in it at an early age, you have all those memories from your youth, you know, of hunting with your grandfather, uh, maybe taking a fishing trip with your dad or whoever it is that, that taught you how to do it and introduced you to it. So that that's you always have those memories. But as I'm getting older, I find that you got – a different set of memories now that I'm gonna look back on I'm making memories now with you that I'm gonna look back on as I get even older and I'm gonna reminisce on that and that's gonna kind of replace some of those those memories I have of, of you as a youth I guess or me as a youth doing it um and that's that's pretty cool because it's something that you can do through your whole life and that's 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 what your point is I think you know that you could do that and uh and enjoy it there's no there's really no uh, no age restriction on how old you have to be to be able to hunt or fish as long as you're healthy, pretty much, you know. And, uh, you know, with everything been going on, like I mentioned, you know, we really haven't got to bring a whole lot of content to the channel. And, you know, um, with the podcast, we typically slow down in the summertime. And uh, I know you've been working on some other stuff right now in the summertime. So why don't you tell everybody kind of another passion of yours that you uh that you share that you've been working on some content for
1: yeah uh so lately i've been working on um sports cards so well my dad has always you said you have been growing you grew up collecting sports cards that's right so once you told me that and kind of showed me what they like i didn't know what she was talking about when he first told me so once he told me I kind of looked at it. I mean, obviously, I know what baseball and stuff was. I just didn't know what the cards were and stuff. So I, I looked at them, and then I found out that, the, like, just how cool they look and, like, what uh, getting a new card or opening a new pack of cards uh, looks like. And then I also found out that they hold value. And I'm like, how does a piece of cardboard hold value with a person's, with a picture of a person's on it? <laughs> and I'm like,
0: what? You like hold on? I saw the ching, <laughs> I saw the, <laughs> the money symbols going off whenever I told you about that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it was just amazing. It was just amazing, and I love sports cards. And I have a bunch of different accounts that I like that I do different stuff on. I show cards. I I love to get cards in the mail. I love to order cards. And whenever I get money, that's all I want to spend my money on is cards. Cards
0: and hunting gear, pretty much for the most part. That's what you. That's what you like here. to and baseball gear. That's right. So sports cards, I mean, that's something that I grew up doing since, man, I was, I started collecting sports cards when I was, who I was, the year, I can remember the year because I remember the style of cards I was collecting. And it was like right around 1986, 1987, I started collecting baseball cards. You know, we've always been big sports Fans, we have a big sports family. We watch a lot of sports, and your mama, she I mean, she knows as much about sports now as some guys, some of my guy friends that I got because uh, she's around it so much. She's got two boys, she got me, that she has always been a big sports fan. Um, you know, so outside of hunting and fishing, sports is a huge part of what we do, and uh, and I, you know, I was able to kind of share my passion of. Just like just like hunting and just like fishing, basically, like I did, share my passion of uh of memorabilia collection, collecting and sports card collecting, and uh, with you and your brother, and you have got to that point now where it's it's become something that you really enjoy doing, huh? Yes. Yeah. So you you started you've been working on a, a YouTube channel, the whole social media thing, basically. You've been working on a YouTube channel in the off season. Uh, now since it's not hunting season, you said, I want to start a, a social media platform for sports card collecting, just kind of my journey into sports card collecting, so you've been up to that, you've been real busy with that, and that's kind of taken off for you, and I'm glad to see that, uh, because you, you're really good on, uh, with the social media stuff, and I don't even think you, you realize that yet, but you are really good with that stuff, whether you're helping me with, uh, you know, hunting and fishing content for the channel that we do at, Last stop, Waterfowl Outdoors, or uh, or now, which is sports card stuff. So, I'm really proud of you, and I want to tell you that I, I'm really proud of you for what you, you've done with that kind of Thank you. your passion that that you've caught on to with that. Thank you. So, yeah. But uh, but man, you know, like I said, we haven't got to make as much outdoor content uh, this summer just because of our schedule. A lot of you probably can relate to it. You're running around with the kids playing soccer, you know football flag football baseball softball whatever it is it's a lot of stuff going on right now and it usually slows down for us at this time of year and then when as we get closer to the hunting season we kind of start ramping up content you know more podcast episodes more youtube content more social media content uh all that stuff um and that's really when my schedule starts to wind down wind down with my personal job um, so i have more time i could get more content out And then now I'm trying to teach you, um, you know, filming and uh, editing and some of that stuff to help out. And you've been doing that kind of we've been practicing over the summer on some of that stuff and learn a little bit about it. So that's pretty cool. So more stuff is going to be coming, guys. Trust us. If you follow the channel, you listen to the show right here, um, you know, on the podcast, we are going to have more content coming as always. Um, So there will be more. But um I know you mentioned today, you mentioned we were fishing today and you mentioned uh you said, "Hey dad, you ready for duck season?" Yeah, so, man. my question to you would be, are you ready for duck season? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, he said. So, so what you excited about because right now what a messed up time right now it is with with you know, not everything going on, not getting into too many politics and all that. We got gasoline that's five, today we put gasoline in the boat, non-ethanol gasoline, five dollars and twenty cents a gallon, and that's nothing that you as an adolescent have to worry about right now. But right now. that's insane. That's absolutely insane to have to pay five dollars and twenty cents in America for a gallon of gas. All you boys that are driving diesel trucks right now, you know, you know what it's like. You've been paying five dollars a gallon now for a while. So that's really slowing down I think a lot of people this summer you know I think I, I think a lot of people I'm not seeing as many people which I haven't been on we haven't been on the water as much but I'm in the boating industry that's what I do for my profession and I, I have to tell you that I hear people telling me that they're slowing down because the prices are just so outrageous right now you know they got some people you know we've always been very lucky at Jackson and you don't you probably don't even realize this and it's not something at your age you, you should worry about but you know we've been very blessed as a family and uh <clears throat> to where we've never had to make a decision of whether or not to put food on the table to feed our family or uh, go fishing or or can i afford to go fishing or can i afford to go hunting or any of that stuff but there's a lot of people who may be in that situation you know and uh and that's unfortunate in the country that we live in, the United States, which is the greatest country in the world. Um, that you have to, you we have to endure this type of stuff right now that we're going through as an economy, as a country, uh, you know, all that type of stuff. But uh, but that's where we are, and uh, I, I'm interested to know if those of you listening, if you know prices of, of gasoline and stuff like that have really slowed you guys down with your outdoor activities like it has with some of the other people I've talked to. Uh, because when I we pass by the boat launches like today, today's a good example. Um, I think there's probably two reasons we didn't see a ton of people today. Well, three, possibly three. It's Father's Day today, first of all. you know. But a lot of times on Father's Day the guys get yard passes from the wives and girlfriends, and, and they get a yard pass to be able to go fish and do something like that. But we got to the boat launch this morning, and we haven't been in the Atchafalaya Basin Spillway, you know, in over a year. So the water's starting to fall. We wanted to come check it out. We heard some reports um, that they were catching some some Sackle and some bass in Bell River, if you're familiar with the Atchafalaya Basin Spillway. Um, you and I, we always tend to come to Bayou Pigeon. We like the Bayou Pigeon area. We've had some good honey holes in there, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of fill everybody in on, on how that all went down today. As far as we don't have, we don't have a, a great report to tell everybody, but we have we do have a little information on, on, on what the conditions look like and that type of stuff. So you you want to share that information? Well,
1: I don't have much to say, but all I can tell y'all is the water by your Pigeon is still a little bit high. The water's not quite right yet. Yeah.
0: It's
1: not. It, it's still in the it's still in the woods. Uh, But as you said earlier, you said
0: that's bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's still still not within the banks. You want it to really be within the banks of of the canals, you know, Um, because if you think about it, and you may not understand what I mean by that right now, but what it does is all those fish that are back in those woods where that water's at, it gives them a lot more space to kind of spread out, and and you can't reach them, you know, you can't get to them, to where when that water comes out of those canal systems and and it drops which it's dropping today. We saw a lot of current today, you know. So when it drops and it falls, what we call a fall, it gets in those canals and it's held within those canals by the levees in those canals, the banks in those canals. So it, th- those fish are, are in those canal systems, basically, is what it is. So it, what it does is it concentrates them a lot more. They, they're a lot easier to get to. And that, that makes sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. So today... You know what we experienced guys is uh we you know it's not quite right bayou pigeon that area when we got there there wasn't a ton of boats i think father's day contributes to that a little bit i think uh probably people who have in the area that have checked it out the word is out that hey it's not quite right yet i think that has something to do and then like i mentioned i think probably these high gas prices have something to do with it as well so if you're looking to make a trip this week it, it, you're probably if you're if you like to fish bayou pigeon in that area you're probably just a couple of days away from it being maybe a week at the most of it being on point um, as far as the fishing goes because today we uh we hit all of our local honey holes we got there early right at daybreak we launched a boat and we uh we immediately ran to a couple of honey holes that we fished before and uh i noticed that the water was high right off the get-go so Um, It's not quite right, but like I told you today, Jackson, I said it's only a couple of days to maybe a week out from it being right. Um, Now, a little bit further up in the Chaffalot Basin, if you head more toward Morgan City, Bell River. um, Got some really good reports from Bell River this past week uh, from some reliable sources. Some some really good fishermen, uh, particularly panfish, brim, Saccolay or white perch, crappie, whatever you want to call them. Uh, we call them Saccolay down here when you below I-10. Um, I had some really good reports from the Bell River area. Um, one particular source I talked to, which asked me not to mention any names, uh, they went twice and caught a two-man limit, which is 100. Saccolay, very, very nice Saccolay, uh this week, during the week. Now, did tell me that the boat traffic is considerably down during the week, But the source I talked to did also mention to me that he was surprised at how many boats he did see for being in the middle of the week. So even though it's less than on the weekends, typically, he said he was still surprised at how many boats were fishing. But once again, I think something that contributed to that is that the word got out. Some guys had caught fish. Um, The water's falling in the Chafalaya Basin spillway right now. So the diehards that want to go and fish in this heat with these high gas prices, they're going to still go and they're going to do their thing, you know. Um, you know, so that's that's really promising to see. I think the spillway's uh going to be pretty good summer fishing if you're able to get out there and do it. But, man, how about these temperatures, John- Jackson? I,
1: I, hate these, I hate these temperatures. I mean, especially when we're playing baseball, we, we run, we hustle, and we sweat,
0: and it's miserable. <laughs> it's miserable, huh? It's fun that you play in it, but it's measurable to do it in, huh? Yeah. So, today, we had a little system to, to combat, combat the heat a little bit today. You want to tell the listeners what we did today? Umbrellas. 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 And how did that work out today?
1: It worked out good.
0: Pretty good. And, pretty
1: good.
0: Until it flew out the boat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So... Those of you who do a good bit of fishing, you've probably seen this if you're from Louisiana. It's, no, it's nothing new to you, probably. Uh, you know, what we do a lot of times when you go fishing in the summertime in Louisiana, you'll see guys that have these little uh, systems set up to where we'll put like a beach umbrella or something like that uh, in the boat with us. And it'll, you know, kind of, or some guys will mount it to their chairs, their fishing seats. And chairs and it'll provide shade for you whenever you're fishing throughout the day and on these hot days these scorching days where we're talking 100 degrees 103 105 degrees and even higher with the heat index um, it will absolutely save your day as far as fishing goes and allow you to be able to stay out there and kind of move around and get on some fish uh, or if you are catching them and you get in them real good it'll allow you to just stay out there and have a good time uh, trust me, not having that umbrella on you makes an absolute huge difference in the amount of uh, moisture your body's losing, huh, Jackson? Like you said earlier today, it'll make a huge difference for you and, uh, and just it makes it so much more comfortable with the umbrella system. So if you, uh, if you guys could picture this, you know those umbrella bases that you have on your patios and stuff like that that you'll see at home where it's like a, a round bottom and it's got the little tube sticking up out of it you put your umbrella in it and you tighten it down well i had the idea yesterday i said you know what i don't want to drill any kind of holes in my seat nothing like that i have a a nicer bass boat i didn't want to do that and uh i said you know what i'm gonna go to my local store see if i can pick up you know two of those bases and we got the umbrellas already we just i'm gonna put them in the boat we're gonna bring them so that's what we did and it uh it actually worked out really really well today those bases were perfect they fit in the boat I could kind of throw them underneath the deck of the boat and uh and boy talk about made a difference with that heat and it's now only 11 o'clock we're on the road headed back home now but uh I can't even imagine trying to be out there at one o'clock two o'clock in the afternoon and not have an umbrella you know trying to stay out there and fish right now so we uh we put two of those in the boat we used those this morning and uh Jackson didn't tie down. I guess his his was a little bit lighter, so he didn't tie his umbrella down. Which he's been we've been having that umbrella for years. We picked that up at the beach years ago, and uh, we're headed down one of the bayous. I'm in. I'm in. You know, we're in a bass boat, so we're we're doing about 4 5, 50 miles an hour, and all of a sudden Jackson's umbrella just did what? Just flew up, Daddy. damn near stabbed you in the neck. It looked like it looked like you were fighting with it for a second, <laughs> and then it flew out. The boat flew behind us. And uh, and it sunk as quick as we turned around. You looked at me, shook your head. It, it sunk as quick as it hit the water. So it said, "I've been with you for too long. I'm tired of y'all. Bye bye." Yep, yep. It has been with us. That one, that one was has seen its better days. It kind of had some, some uh, it didn't want to open properly. Some of it, but uh, anyway, it still saved your butt this morning. You know, so. So Father's Day is today, and I told you uh, all. You know, I told you earlier. I said, "You see, you." What did you ask me? Let's just say that. What did you ask me? Whenever we got in the truck, you said, "How would you what?"
1: How would you uh, describe this fishing trip?
0: This fishing trip, and what did I tell you? Uh, I think my answer kind of surprised you.
1: Uh, oh, you uh, said I would call it a good. A trip with my son, and I was like,
0: and a good day, with my son on Father's Day." That's right. That's exactly right. I mean that, man. That's, you know. And I told, and what I told you right after, that, I said, "It's not always about how many fish you catch. It's not always about how many ducks we kill. It's not always about what we what we kill. It's it's about the time we spend together, right?" Yeah. And uh, and on Father's Day, what? What could be more special than you and I spending time? I wish your brother was with us today you know he's 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 at home he didn't want to come today uh he was tired. I know y'all went swimming all day yesterday but um, that'd be the only thing better is if he was with us today and uh at the end of the day i mean I'm I'm, I'm I'm truly a blessed man. I know I said that you know already, but I really am I look at it and I feel I think a lot of you listening to the show feels that way you feel. Blessed to have your kids with you. Anytime you can get them involved in outdoors, or just with you. Period. It don't matter what it is. Now I know I know y'all drop y'all little sobs drive us crazy sometimes, <laughs> and we want to choke you or throat punch you or whatever. You know, many many times I've wanted to throat punch you, but at the end of the day, it's all out of love for the most part. Sure. So if I do throat punch you, I want you to know I love you. <laughs> why are you laughing it's
1: a, it's a love tap
0: it's a love tap that's right if I do throat punch you just know that I love you while I did it Joe your old hands you gotta,
1: you gotta hit me first oh hit don't me. worry
0: I'll catch you
1: I said hit me but okay
0: you gotta
1: hit you're me. not
0: gonna run from me yeah
1: I will
0: <laughs> <laughs> which, is a, which is a joke of Jackson how we make fun of him with his, his speed so but anyway. No, honestly, I'm very blessed. I'm glad we got to go out and get on the water today, run the boat. That was we hadn't run the boat in a while. So I'm glad we could run the boat. That was nice. Even though we didn't catch no fish, the water wasn't right. It was a lot of bad water everywhere. We saw high water, brown chocolate milk. Just not yeah. good. We still had a good time, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Still had a good time. That's Jackson's seatbelt coming off, so I apologize for the sound. Yeah,
1: it was stuck. I had to adjust it. Sorry, guys. But uh, yeah.
0: so we talk We've been talking about making a frogging trip. That's something we're going to be doing here pretty shortly. We uh, we had yeah, we had a we had a trip plan, and and the guy we were going to go with, he ended up. Had a little setback and uh and we weren't able to make the trip, but we we do plan on making a frogging trip here in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. So hopefully we can get some footage of that for you guys. We'll have it out there. Yes, we will film it on our channel. We'll do what. I said yes,
1: we will
0: film it. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have the cameras rolling for it. Um, and we'll see. You know, that's the only bad thing with the GoPros. When we film them with the GoPros, they don't pick up great in low light conditions, but. we have enough light i think we'll be able to get some footage of it so we're going to do our best to get some footage if we do make that trip or when we do make that trip so we're looking forward to that that's something that's going to be coming soon and i know you've been wanting to go frogging that but we did hear some big bullfrogs today though in the chaffalon basin huh yeah that'd be that'd be a spot where you could go hit once that water drops a little bit more but uh but boy they were they were freaking out this morning and that was with the the sun up this morning, as hot as could be, and uh, and some massive big bullfrogs we heard this morning. So, when's the when's the last time you went frogging? Do you remember? You made a trip with us one time a while, when, a few years back. You were you were younger. The
1: last time I think I went frogging was was uh, I just got off I think I just got off of school and y'all told me we went frogging. It was with you and I think two other people. and me and uh. We went, <clears throat> we went uh, frog, and I think we went to Blonde River. We went to Blonde River,
0: yeah, I think we did somewhere in the Blonde River, 8 meter river basin area. And then, uh,
1: actually, and then I I remember y'all would catch the frogs, and I was the ice chest man because I was little, I was little at that time. That's and right. I, think I, I think I was like 8 or 9 whenever I went with y'all. And I remember I was the ice chest man for about 10 minutes, and then I went to sleep. on the the, the bottom of the boat. Did you? I I, I got the square throw cushion and I went to sleep. I don't remember you going to sleep. I remember I woke up and I saw y'all still catching frogs and put them in ice (laughs) chair.
0: Well, at eight, nine years old, that's typically what happens. That's what you end up doing. You end up falling asleep if you come along. Because you, you, you frog and you're in the middle of the night. So, But uh, we had a good time on that trip. Now since you, you bring up that, that particular trip, I remember that. And, uh, yeah, that was a good trip. The ice chest man, I had told you that the ice chest man was an important job, right? I told you that. And that's true. The ice chest man is very important. Or the net man, whatever you want to call it, whatever, sack guy, whatever. Whoever puts the frogs in whatever contraption you put them in to store that's a highly important job. As you get older, that's a that's a great job to be able to do a little drinking, pop some tops on some cold beers for you. That's why I said as you when you get older. Oh. For the grown ups So, that's a big responsibility given the 8 9-year-old the ice chest job, uh, to keep keep the frogs contained and keep them in there, so. But uh but yeah, we've been I know you've been wanting to go back. We haven't done that It's something we hadn't done in a while. And and it's fun. We love eating frogs, fried frog legs. Um, That's a delicacy here in Louisiana. So we look forward to making a trip and doing that. And then we got a lot of stuff lined up. Like I said, we have a lot of people we've talked to uh, over the summer. We have several people that have contacted me for uh, getting together as far as podcast episodes, getting ready to go into hunting season, uh, that type of stuff. And we wanted to do it closer to hunting season. So... We're gonna have some guests that uh, that you guys are pretty familiar with. That are some uh, some big names in the industry that we'll have on the show with us uh, this coming season as we get closer to hunting season and waterfowl season. We're excited to have some of those guests come on the show with us, um, and we that's when we're gonna really crank it up. Like I mentioned a while ago, we're really gonna get it going and crank it up. So, but uh, but yeah, guys, I mean, we just kind of doing what everybody else, what y'all are do, you know right now like i said it's been tough with everything going on and then now this heat high gas prices but you know what we need to get out there as often as we can go out there and have some fun with the kids get them get them uh acclimated to the outdoors if they if they're interested in it and they haven't done a whole lot of that but they've shown some interest take a kid with you uh even if it's with your family if your family hunts all the time and fishes all the time and you know a kid that you know hasn't got to go, man. That's the perfect time to take them, and uh, and get them acclimated with the outdoors, um, and, and just show them a good time, introduce them to it. It's we always talk about that. We try to get some kids every year for hunting season. We'll take one or two or three kids with us that's never got to go and experience that. Um, I know you were talking about one of your friends a while ago. Okay, so kind of tell that story. You said that uh, you know he's been he's. He's been deer hunting his whole life, and you and him have known each other since y'all were, you know, little tiny babies basically. Kindergarten, Kindergarten yeah. And uh, he's always deer hunting with his family. His family's big deer hunters. They have a, what, At least in Mississippi? Yeah. At least in Mississippi. But tell everybody what we did last year with them and kind of what that did for him. Well,
1: what we did last year is we took him squirrel hunting with us, and if y'all guys have seen our squirrel hunting videos before, y'all might have saw him in the videos, and y'all can tell that we're best friends because of both of our is Jackson, so that's how, that's why we kind of became friends, it's because like, oh your name's Jackson, my name's Jackson too, so we kind of like, became friends off of that and stuff, and our moms talked together, so we kind of became friends off of that, so we saw each other a lot, but uh... Yeah, we took him squirrel hunting last
0: year. We took and, him squirrel hunting opening weekend. Yeah, and he
1: really, really uh, liked it. He said he's never, he's never gone squirrel hunting before, and he really, really enjoyed
0: it. He said I want to do it next year. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, you know, he had squirrel hunted like in his back, his grandfather's backyard or something before, just with a pellet gun, something like that. But he had never been on a on an actual squirrel hunt, like a small game hunt. And uh, we took him out to the camp which is uh you know in one of the wildlife management areas here in louisiana and uh and took him out and you and him kind of hunted together basically because that you broke off you were at that age where you were kind of ready to break off and kind of separate from dad hunting your own i took your younger brother with me um and you and him kind of broke off and and went and hunted together and y'all y'all killed some squirrels had a really good time and and he was excited, man. I remember he was smiling ear to ear. He was pumped up with it. And, uh, I seen him at a baseball game about a, three or four weeks ago. And I said, hey, boy, I said, uh, <clears throat> I said, you're going to, uh, you going to make it for opening weekend this year Well, it's for squirrel season. And boy, he looked at me, Jackson, and he's like, he's just smiling. He's like, yes, sir. I'd like to go. So, uh, that's what it's all about, man. I mean, that's awesome. You know, he got, he got kind of hooked on it. You could tell. And, uh. Yeah, that's that's really at the end of the day, man. I mean, uh, you played a huge part in that. You got him hooked on something that he had never got to experience before, and now he's going to want to go back with us again and do it again, and we're going to take him. And then the same, you know, Jackson, the same story kind of when duck season came around. We took him duck hunting. We took him duck hunting. You want to kind of talk about that? Yeah, so we just –
1: well, he had never been duck hunting before either, and he said he, did, he didn't really know what it. Well, what, what. he knew what it was; he just never been before. And uh, we took him to one of our good spots at the prairie, and we, uh, yeah, and he enjoyed it. We killed some ducks that day. We killed, a cu- we killed a couple of ducks that day, and he really enjoyed it. And he said he wanted to do it again.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he kind of he told us. He said I, I, he didn't really know what went into duck hunting. He didn't realize we worked that hard. He told me to yeah. duck hunt and, and I told him I said well not everybody works that hard it's just that's public land duck hunting for you so we broke him in the right way we took him on a good public land hunt um, and, and it turned out to be a really good day that, for a public land hunt that day and uh, which was awesome it was kind of meant to be the cards all fell into place and uh, we ended up killing like you know uh, a good bit of teal he got to shoot some teal we had a large group of gadwall land up in the decoys they came in that day and so he got to see a lot and i remember that day well the wind was blowing like crazy that day you remember that yeah. it was blowing big time the wind we caught a day where they had a high wind and that, um, man, that's why we couldn't film for y'all guys
1: that day is because the wind was blowing so bad
0: yeah it was one of those days it would have been great footage but as far as the, the you know seeing the footage but the wind was so bad all we heard was windows when we went back to edit and video and we looked. I mean, you, you could. It just. It wasn't worth putting out there because the wind was so bad. So uh, that's just one, you know, situation that you run into sometimes when you're making content like that in the outdoors. But uh, but anyway, he had a blast. He was he was shocked at how much work went into, you know, getting up so early to to get to the wildlife management area or you know and hunt public land, and then the boat ride there the decoys setting up decoys picking up decoys the whole nine yards he was absolutely blown away by that and said my god he said mr jacob i can't believe y'all worked that hard to duck hunt. i never thought that's how it was um, so i think it kind of surprised him but at the same time he got a he got a good hunt um, we were blessed to have birds that day we did really well that day and uh and you and him got some great photos you got some, you know some memories to to look back upon for a lifetime now, and uh, yeah. and that's once again that's what it's all about, yeah. you
1: know. And another thing, why I really like that. I mean, I kind of wanted him to do what I did, and whenever I was younger, and and you know what I like to do, I like to get in the water a lot. I like to put my <laughs> waders on, and I like to <laughs> get in the water. So anytime, anytime we would drop a bird, I would I would tell Jackson, come on, let's get in the water, let's go get it. I kind of. I kind of figured that since me and him are the same age and we like the same stuff, yeah. he, would, he would want to get in the water too. So, like, I kind of made it fun for him. So, I said, let's get in the water. Let's get the bird. remember whenever we shot him down and we, we were looking for him, we couldn't find him with all those little mud. Yeah. We
0: couldn't yeah, find did. the
1: bird.
0: Yep. Yep. That was, uh, and that's that's what you got to do, Jackson. You got to get him involved. When you take somebody out and do like that, if they just sit there the whole time and nothing's fascinating to him, nothing's interesting to him, they're never going to go back again, you know? Yeah. And, and you did it perfectly. Like you said, you you took him out there, you got him involved in the hunt. Uh-huh. And that was, that's what, you know, he liked to do. Because you and him are really, I mean, y'all best friends since your kids, since kindergarten, but y'all really like brothers from another mother type like deal. It. Y'all really are. You know, when you say that, that's that's, that's really true. Y'all very similar in that type of stuff. You're interested in all that, so. But you... You did do it right. You got them involved in it. You got them interested in it. And uh, and man, yeah, I'm proud of you for that. You know, you did it. You did it the right way. So, so okay. So fast forward into this year. What we looking forward to? What are you looking forward to with waterfowl season uh, or small game season coming up first? What you what you ready for for hunt season? What you looking forward to this year? Teal season. Teal season. Looking
1: forward to teal season. And guys, we uh we. Last year, let's just say that we found a little honey hole where we like to hunt, and we just, it's, it's teal heaven over there. The teal love it over there. Teal is the majority of birds that we killed last hunting season. We definitely, I, I feel like we definitely killed more birds than we did the previous year, but.
0: Yeah, we did. We had a better season last year than we had the year before, number wise.
1: And, and you know what they said? You know why I love teal?
0: because they bring friends that's true Yeah, you heard me say that i think i know (laughs) jackson asked me one day he said we were hunting i think it was this past season and i said god i said i love teal and i we were on a good teal hunt we were shooting you know teal and they had birds in there and I, i i just sat back in the boat after we popped a couple of them and i said just joking i said god i love teal and Jackson looks at me and says, Dad, why you like Teal so much? And it's not that I like Teal so much. It's just I said that that day because that's what showed up.
1: Well, I love Teal even if I don't shoot them.
0: They are fun. I'm not going to lie. I do love Teal. But, and he said, Dad, why you like Teal so much? And I looked at him and I said, I just simply looked at him. I said, because they bring friends. And he started laughing. He got a kick out of that when I told him that. And it's true. How many times you, I mean, look, you guys know when you get Teal in the area, they not come in ones and twos most of the time. It's gonna be a group, it's a party there's gonna be a, a a group of teal coming in you know and and it's true, and I told them that I said they bring friends with them, and I like when they bring friends, so Everyone does. everybody does that's right, especially public lad hunting. we all love it, you know, but uh so teal season is what you're looking forward to yeah man. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I sure hope it ain't 103 degrees like it is right now for till season. Yeah. I hope Mother Nature blesses us with a couple of cool downs early on this year. Even even squirrel season because, you know, till season opens up here in September in Louisiana. And then we have, you know, small game. Um, our schedule kind of typically goes small game opens up first weekend in October. And we'll, we'll small game hunt all of October pretty much uh, to the end of the month then when november hits we typically kind of drop that and we start scouting we start scouting for waterfowl for ducks um you know on public land all of our spots we, we start putting in that time as it gets a little bit closer to the season and then this year we were talking this morning on the way to the fishing hole um that you know typically you and i have always opened up the season for the most part or or at least looked at opening weekend our traditional open a weekend where we go to the camp or we, we make a trip somewhere and hunt for open weekend. We've always typically hunted in the uh, E-Zone, the e you know, and we talked about that this morning. Yeah. But this year, we think we might actually kind of change that up a little bit, huh? Yeah. And uh, and, and we're going to maybe go down to the marsh this year and uh, and hunt open a weekend, kind of get that early jump on, on marsh hunting uh, because we've had some successful hunts in the first split down in the Louisiana marshes over the last year or two, uh, particularly last year and the year before we did too. But uh, this past year we had some good hunts in the marsh. Um, so instead of hunting the timber, going to some of those traditional spots that we hunt for opening weekend a lot of times, just out of tradition, um, we're gonna probably go down to the marsh this year. I think that's what you wanna do, you said, huh? No,
1: yeah, because the majority of the birds we came kill, kill from the marshes,
0: Early on in the season, huh? Yeah. Yep. And and the name of the game over there is what species? Tim. Ah. Uh, you wrong on that one. What? Gadwall. Uh. Gadwall, gadwall, gadwall. Now I say that's the name of the game. That's that's traditionally the name of the game is gadwall down in the marshes where we hunt at. Uh, but last year it was tough, man. For gadwall, it was good early. It was good early last year. But then it fizzled off in the second split big time. Seems like the numbers of gadwall dropped big time, uh, which according to the surveys, you know, and according to the studies that they did last year, the gadwall uh, population took a big hit last year, you know, uh, due to the prairie production, the lack of water. And then we got hit by a hurricane here in Louisiana, which ain't going to help nothing much. Uh, but, But there was other ducks, you know, so you can't really blame it on that, you know. Um, so gadwall, early on I'll, I'll start out the season, I don't have a problem with some, some gadwall for sure um, Beautiful gadwall, I know what's, what's the next bird that you told me you wanted to mount? What's something you're looking to maybe put on the wall a species that you haven't done yet, Tad to your collection? Wigeon A wigeon? Wigeon A wigeon, beautiful bird I want a that's, that's what you want to get next,
1: huh? It, either a wigeon or a or a perfectly, uh, perfectly uh, colored blue wing drake too.
0: Yep. With the moon. Yeah, with the moon, the half moon. Yeah. You get him late season. Yeah. Late season is when you're gonna catch those. Or 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 during <laughs> teal season. During teal season, you'll you'll see them, but they don't. They're not full plume. Yeah. They don't have the, the half moon. You know, you're not gonna see that typically. You know. And you,
1: I mean, you might if the if like for some reason they've
0: already got it or something but Yeah, but it's not it's not really the season for them. You wanna catch those later in the season. Like yeah. wintertime when they full plume, you know. Um that's the best time to get a, get one to put on the wall, which I've never mounted. I've never mounted a Drake Blue Wing. I'd like to get one too. And uh really for me, I don't I don't know man, there's so many uh, I don't know. I, you know I have the mallards, I have a widget. I have Uh, canvas back I have red I have stuff I have I have a duck in the freezer right now I have a well a hooded morganza I have in the freezer right now a beautiful drake hooded morganza that I always thought was a beautiful bird Uh, and it makes a a nice mount I thought that was a nice mount and I I said I was going to get it mounted I haven't brought it yet but I need to probably I think it would still make a beautiful addition to, to a collection you know uh, even though it's not something I touch with a fork or a spoon. Because uh, they're some nasty son of a guns. But I, it makes a beautiful mount, you know, if you ever seen one. But I have that, you know, that I could bring to the taxidermist right now. But I, I really don't know what I want next, man. I really don't know. You know what makes a pretty bird that's a, a pretty mount is a whistling duck. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of whist... That's not... Ne- that wouldn't be next on my list. But now, I mean, we're seeing whistling ducks here in Louisiana like crazy now in the summertime. You know? I mean, you see them everywhere. You, so you see them driving down the road now. We'll see them. Uh, we had the baseball park. You see them flying at night. You know, they're they everywhere now. And we kind of talked about that before, but how that's becoming more of a, uh, more of a native species now here in Louisiana. It's, we've always had them. You know, like when teal season would come around, you'd have teal. Your wood ducks—you had to be careful not to shoot them, and you had to be careful not to shoot whistling ducks. Well, now we got whistling ducks staying here pretty much year-round. They're here during till season, and they're here throughout big duck season too. You know, yeah. we hunt the timber; they in the timber with us. You know, and, and they got large groups of them. You hear them whistling and coming through the woods. And you know, they, they pretty ducks though. They're a beautiful duck, You know, when you look at them, and uh, and some phenomenal eating. They really are some phenomenal eating. And if you never tried them, tr- I promise you, if you kill a whistling duck here in Louisiana or wherever you hunt at, definitely, definitely try to try to uh, add, add it to your table fare because they are phenomenal table fare. Uh, so, uh,
1: guys, just saying, if you're like me and my dad and you're still looking to kill your first banded duck, <laughs> yeah. whistling duck is. Pr- y- 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 Whistling ducks are the most ducks that I've seen that have bands on them so far. I don't know why, but every single time I see a big old group of whistling ducks, I always promise you there's
0: a band in, them, in one <laughs> of them ducks. It seems like it. I know they're one of the highest banded species of waterfowl, um, and, and why I'm not exactly sure the statistics on that, or why. Why they're the around is. so much. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe it. Maybe because they're becoming more and more. You know uh native and year-round I guess maybe they, they ban them more I don't know I don't know why, what the reason it is but they're definitely around more right now there's there's a pond right now I cross in somebody's you know to go to work and it's in somebody's yard and there must be 50 to 100 of them things just any given day when I cross there um, so I mean yeah they, they they hang out with the domestic ducks uh, like your muscovy ducks and all your your, your you know, your, your pet ducks, your stuff that you raise for pets and raise to uh, maybe eat on the farm. They'll hang out with your domestic ducks. They'll hang out with, you know, they'll get up and fly and go somewhere else and migrate or move around or whatever. They They, they kind of just blend in with everything from what I've seen, you know. And what about the old coot, Jackson? Jackson killed some coot last year. And you found a new way to clean them, mm-hmm. and you clean them, and we're going to try those this year when we cook them up. What you do
1: is, you shoot them, and you bring them home, and you spread their wings
0: out, you step on their wings, then you rip their feet out their body. And it just kind of pulls the, the whole thing out, huh? Yep. Uh, you, where do you, where you learn to do that at? On a YouTube video. YouTube video. Good old YouTube, huh? Yep. So, but it worked, didn't it?
1: Yeah,
0: it worked, yeah. And white meat, man, white meat like marsh hens, coots, whatever you want to call them. It's a very white meat. Um, uh, you know, I know a lot of boys down the bayou here in Louisiana have been cooking them for years, gumbos, <clears throat> different ways, different smothering them down. I've heard different things, and uh, I had never eaten it until two years ago. We shot a couple of them, and we decided to cook them up, and we did. We smothered them. We cooked them up, and, uh, man, when I cleaned them, I first of all was surprised when I cleaned them and how how white of a bird. I mean, it, it looked like chicken almost, you know, is what it looked like. Um, at least the ones we had, a couple that we took samples and we killed to, to cook and clean, and uh, they were good. They were really good, I have to admit. It's not a ton of meat that comes off of them, uh, but they are, were good. Now, I know, like, in the gumbo and stuff like that, I got some of their gizzards saved. Uh, that type of stuff to put in a gumbo when we make a duck gumbo, something like that. And uh, and it gives it a really, really good flavor. I've eaten gumbo with the gizzards and stuff in them. And they uh, they are very, very good as far as that goes. So, don't hate on the old, old uh, coot or rail or whatever you want to call it. Marsh hen. Um, swamp chicken. Swamp chicken. Pool dew. There's a million different names for them. But don't sleep on them. And that's mainly for my boys out of state that don't live here in Louisiana. I'm telling you that. Uh, because in Louisiana, it is a, it is something that people will cook with and use and, uh, and and go after and hunt on a slow day possibly. So I'm looking forward, like you said, to hunt season myself. I just hope till season comes around it's not 105 degrees like, like it is right now. And hopefully we don't get no hurricanes this year. That will be a big thing if we can – man. Louisiana, we need to be spared. We, between the floods and the hurricanes we've had over the last uh you know probably six, seven years, it's been it's been kinda rough. We've had a rough go of it. And uh, you know, it's uh it definitely I could tell from the fishing standpoint that uh the hurricane Ida from last summer definitely hurt our fisheries locally. That anybody in the you know, that whole New Orleans, Laplace. Uh, man really all those areas St James Ascension where we are located at all those areas all of our local waterways got got really hurt by last year's hurricane and uh, they, they have some restocking efforts going on. I know Lake Varette they're doing a restocking effort right now um, that they're they're trying to get done here in the next couple of weeks I think if I'm not mistaken um, because all that area got hit really hard man. And it uh, the fish took a big, big fish kill. They took they took it on the chin as far as the hurricane went with them. And uh, and it's just one of those things that we need to try to get it to bounce back. So if we can do that, a, a major step in getting it to come back is going a couple of years at least without any major big storms hitting us again. That's going to definitely help if we can kind of dodge those bullets. So, but well, guys, like I said, Jackson, I just I'm thankful you know i've had a good time with you on this episode talking to you on father's day thank you so much son i love you you know for coming coming out with me today and and we talked about maybe doing a little podcast kind of on the fly when we were headed home and i'm glad we did i'm glad when you come on with me man i really am but uh i guess we'll go home we'll see mama we'll see your younger brother We'll try to cook up some good food for Father's Day this afternoon, spend a little time with the family guys. We hope you all have a great Father's Day. Like I mentioned, thank you to everybody who's out there raising those kids, teaching them the right way, to teaching them to be good individuals, t- maybe teaching them to be outdoorsmen. Thank you for what you do it doesn't go unnoticed i promise you so thank you so much also shout out to all our sponsors guys you hear us talk about them all the time right here on the show we have intros to them we have links that we post on our social media guys beaver creek game calls can cooker benoit's performance baits game changer boats you you hear us talk about all these great companies all the time we invite you to visit their their social media pages, their websites, because they make truly phenomenal products that we believe in personally, um, and we love to use products that we believe in. Right, Jackson? Yeah. That's the truth. At the end of the day, we don't push anything if we don't use it or believe in it. So, uh, you know, they have supported all of these companies have supported our show since we got started and got rolling with it. So. We thank them for that time, but go check them out, guys, and you can check us out, as always, on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all your podcast streaming platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're on there. Check us out, look us up, Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast, guys. Until next time, this is Jacob and Jackson with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. We'll see y'all again in the outdoors soon, guys. Y'all take care and have a great day. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors is brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. We offer some of the best soft plastics for bass, saccalay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for the family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, we have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to place your order with Benoit Performance Baits today. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you.